Welcome to You're the Boss, a mantra for anyone who's ever had to face their own fears, struggles, and even failures. Join host Larry Roberts for a deep dive into overcoming limiting beliefs and identifying where our pasts can shape us rather than define us to build a lifestyle and business filled with passion and purposeful leadership. Now your host, Larry Roberts. Hey, what's happening, everybody? Welcome back to another awesome episode of You're the Boss. And once again, we're going to be talking about how you are the boss. And, you know, a lot of times when we start thinking about being the boss, we tend to focus on just our business or just our business model or just our plan or just our budget or whatever it may be. And we lose sight of the fact that we're also the boss of us. We're also the boss of our bodies. We're also the boss of our health. And so many times we lose sight of that. And today, the guest that's joining us is going to help us concentrate on the fact that we need we need to take that into consideration. I saw one of his blog posts that was talking about the benefits of a full night's sleep. And I personally can't remember the last time that I had a full night's sleep. But I know it's important. But uh, you know, I've got my own health journey that I've been on the last couple of years since I started doing this full time. We'll dig into that a little bit as well. But without further ado, Di Manuel. Manuel, say it again for me. You got it, Di Manuel. Di Manuel, it. thank you so much. I appreciate <laughs> it. Thanks for coming on the show, man. Uh, Larry, thank you. It, honestly, it's uh, as we hinted at before you hit record there, I, I've been creeping you. <laughs> like we all do on social nowadays. Huh? And uh, I just, I love your level of authenticity, but also just your excitement. And just for everybody that knows, you know, before he hits record, he's the exact same way. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, I, I appreciate no you sharing difference. that. Cool. Yeah, no, it's the same. You know, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm only on it. monster number three. So this energy is completely <laughs> legit. You know, well, we might talk about the health I'm, implications I'm sure we will. of that, Larry. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure uh, we will. My cardiologist <laughs> talks to me about it. My, my, my GP doctor, he talks to me about it too. I'm going uh, in for my annual physical next Tuesday, I think it is, and I'll get on. scolded once again. So I'm, I'm, I'm totally prepared. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I love it. You know, it's, it's just great to be here. And uh, I'm really honored just to have this conversation with you today. And hopefully for those that are listening and watching, you know, you pick up one or two things. I mean, that's, that's the goal, right? Like, yeah. I, I know when you start thinking about your own health, your own well-being, and, and I know there's lots of shades of gray when we start thinking of mental health, physical health, emotional, financial health. Like there's just all these aspects of health and, sure. and whole life health. And man, everyone's got an opinion. <laughs> you know, like uh, you go on Google and you type in anything about any topic and you can find differing, conflicting inputs. You know, like, and it's nonstop. And so confirmation bias, alive and well in the world of Google, you yeah, know, like we yeah. can validate any belief we have. So where do you start and how do you get started and why? Why bother, right? Like, I know it's all real questions that we all have. Yeah, yeah. And, and sometimes it gets to the point, though, where you go, man, I'm going to have to make a change because that's what happened with me. I mean, you know, before we hit record, we were talking about last year, I, I left corporate uh, January 4th of last year. And everybody listening knows they're tired of hearing it probably. But <laughs> when I left, here's the kicker, man. I weighed 326 pounds. Wow. Yeah, I was wow. I was a big boy. 
Now, I haven't quite dropped a, a hundo just yet. Yesterday, mm-hmm. I actually tipped the scales at 238. So, uh, Congratulations. I, 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 thank you. I'm, I'm down a long wow. ways. I got a little ways to go. I still got my ideal weight For that I'm, I'm going after. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, man, I was huge. And obviously, there was a lot of implications that came along with that. You know, yeah. I couldn't move right. I, I couldn't. Uh, mm-hmm. There was all sorts of things that were just wrong, wrong, wrong. And I knew I had to make a change. Mm-hmm. But I, I think a lot of us, we need to be able to take those steps ahead of that realization and before right. it goes to the point where you're going, I, you know, <laughs> I can't even tie my shoes really. So <laughs> what are some of the things that you've seen and what are some of the ways you engage with people and inspire others to take that action before they reach that point where they just go, man, I've got to make a change. <laughs> well, thank you. And first of all, I mean, just acknowledge you, Larry. I mean, that's no small feat, you know, like to, to release five pounds. It's challenging. Yeah. You know, like, it, and to, Literally, you're, you're approaching the three-digit weight release number. Yeah. yeah. That's wonderful. You know, congratulations. And, and I, I imagine uh, it just gave a whole nother level to everything that you do. Oh, 100%, dude. I mean, you know, I'm 50 now. I turned 50 this year. And I got to tell you, just because of the rest of my journey with alcohol mm-hmm. and all that nonsense, mm-hmm. I haven't felt this good I mean, I think it was back in my 20s that I felt this vibrant and alive and mobile ah. and, and, and ready to go. You know what I mean? I love that. And you, you just hit the nail on the head. Okay. And uh, here's the thing. Everyone's so focused on longevity, right? Everybody wants to live a long life. But I'm like, a long life ain't worth living unless you got the vitality to accompany it. Right. Because, you know, how do you want to spend that last 15, 20 years in and out of hospitals, you know, not able to move and experience the sights, the sounds, the people in your life? I got to understand it's that quality of life is so important, more so than just the quantity in years. And, and so it's developing that connection for ourselves personally, because that in itself can become a very powerful intrinsic motivator, meaning something that drives us from internally not something that we're relying on outside of us to motivate us. And and here's the thing. Once you start, it's not too hard to keep going, especially if you start seeing positive shifts and results happen based on the effort. And, and Larry, I, you know, just you speaking, that amount of weight release, I mean, you sound like someone that's developed a new lifestyle as a result of this. Is that fair to say? Oh, 100%. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, and it's interesting to see the shifts, not just in my day-to-day lifestyle, yeah. but in my idea of what a lifestyle is really all about. Mm-hmm. You know, I stayed home for years and had no desire to leave the house, had no desire to get out and about. But if I think back to when I was in my 20s, I was never home. <laughs> and now I've got that desire back to, you know, I'm home for when I need to be home, but I'm, I'm anxious yeah. to get out. I'm anxious to go do things. I'm actually anxious yes. to, to get involved with people and get involved in whatever I possibly can. I love it. And that, that's an important note for everyone. <clears throat> you know, when you have that, that level of health or, or let's just call it confidence. All right. When you get that inner confidence that you're healthy, you can handle hard things because your ability to manage stress or at least navigate stress and the overwhelm that comes with change, you're, you're better suited for it. That natural resiliency is, has been proven again and again. And, and that's what we're all trying to work on. Cause listen, we all have bad days. I still have lots of bad days, Sure, but I can tell you based on a lot of the choices I've made over the last 13 years to prioritize my health, my well being, this resiliency allows me to bounce back where before maybe I derail myself for a week, two weeks, maybe a month where now, you know, it's 24 hours later, I'm bouncing back and getting right back to doing the things that I know are important and I value for me. 
And so that's the thing, you know, it's, it's about developing the resiliency to be able to bounce back when we do have the hard days, those challenging moments. And, and so I can tell already, you know, your resiliency has gone through the roof uh, as a result of you just reclaiming your health. You know, yeah, you did. Yeah. You, you, but you had to do that, Larry. You had to do that, you know, and no one can do that for you, right? Exactly. And that's where, you you know, being the boss comes into play. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned 13 years ago. Was there something that yeah. happened in your life 13 years ago that yeah. caused a, a, a shift in the way you, you, you think about things? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the, the, the short answer, yes. Uh, and it was a big one. You, you alluded to alcohol. Uh, me too. I, I had a, well, listen, as a kid, Right. And some people don't believe this. That's why I've got to bring out the photo. I've got like one photo of me, uh, like 15 at this point, uh, because I avoided cameras for okay. good reason. You know, I avoided social settings for good reason. I was morbidly obese okay. as a teenager. Very, very big. You know, BMI well into the 40s. I was, I was not healthy. Okay. And, and it affected me in a lot of ways, but especially emotionally and psychologically, you know, very withdrawn. I didn't like leaving the house. I didn't like being in social settings. You know, I, I, I learned to cope with stress, anxiety, et cetera, et cetera, with food. Okay. You know, I'd eat certain foods. I'd feel better in the moment. I'd watch certain movies, play video games. I felt better in the moment. So I, I, I learned to use escapism very early on in my life, you know, yeah. in my teens. And Eventually I got to 15. I was like, I, I want to be healthy. I, I had this massive epiphany where I was like, I, I am more afraid of not changing than the idea of changing. And I think that's one to take to, to the bank, so to speak, people, because when that fear is present and very present, fear can be a wonderful motivation too. Okay. A lot of our decisions in life are based on fear, but this is fear that it is allowing me to run towards something that I want. Right. Rather than running away from something that I don't want. Yeah. And, uh, and I think it's important to recognize fear can work both ways. And so I became more present to that. If I don't make any changes now at that time at 15 years old, by the time I was 20, it wasn't going to be any better than I was then. In fact, I knew already it was going to be worse. So I started to make some changes. I educated myself. I had to learn how to do certain things. So I felt confident and clear on what to do. And the nice thing is when you feel clear and confident, you don't procrastinate as much. You actually no. take more action. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 You do. It's amazing. And, and so I did, I, I educated myself on nutrition and on fitness and I started moving my body while changing what I put into my body. And, you know, it took 20 months, almost two years to realize a new lifestyle and it was worth it. Okay. It was hard. It was super challenging, Sure, but man, was it worth it? And then at 17, 18, you know, I was like, I felt good. I had this new lifestyle I all of a sudden had people like friends of my parents that were over double my age coming to our house to sit down with me to ask me if I could help them with some transformations, with changes on their health. And believe me, at 17, 18 year olds, I didn't feel I had any value to offer. Right. It's part of the reason why I was in that state of unhealth to begin with, you know, the way I valued myself. And all of a sudden I had someone coming to me because they felt that I had something of value to help them with. And that was my first opportunity to really do that for people to coach to mentor and i got hooked i got bit by the bug right then and there and you know and i've been doing it ever since in different capacities but here's the thing larry i never actually did the inner work i was so good on changing the outside yeah i didn't do any work inside and so i went from escapism with food to alcohol okay and so in my 20s and even my early 30s, alcohol was the go-to for me to manage my stress and yeah. anxiety and my overwhelm. And just anything that I associate as being negative, have a couple drinks. Hey, I don't notice it right now. It's okay. Everything right now is perfect. And then, you know, 
tomorrow happens and you're like right back where you started. Right. And, uh, but 13 years ago, it came to a halt where my wife was talking about us divorcing and her taking the kids and literally like my life completely changing. And we worked through a very deep conversation. I I did a TEDx talk about this last year, actually, and I'll just give you the, the Cole's notes on it. But I basically responded to a question that she asked. And she asked me, are you being the type of man that you'd want to marry your daughters? And, and I'll tell you, Larry, when she asked me that question, it, everything changed. You know, it all changed right then and there. And uh, so the last 13 years, you know, it started as a one-year commitment to not drink. I said, one year, I'm going to do no alcohol so I can work on me. Do some of that work I've been avoiding mm-hmm. and actually confront it. And so I got to work. And I worked with some professionals. I, I found a couple coaches and a new mentor. And I changed all my association over that year. It was freaking hard but dude after that year was done it set me on a trajectory that i've been on the last 12 years and man am i having fun and am i connected i switched careers after 17 years in one career just like you you know 21 years for you 17 for me i was because i changed so much i was like i don't want to be on this path anymore i want a new one you know and yeah. uh and so i got to work so that 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 is the quick five minute sort of ten thousand foot view of, of sort of the lead up to that 13 years ago moment, but, uh, you know, it's change, man. It's all about change. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Evolution, you know, not just change for the sake of change, but evolution and evolving as individuals, evolving as humans. Mm -hmm. And, and it's interesting to see the parallels Mm -hmm. between your story and mine as well, you know, because I ended up with the alcohol because I couldn't realize what I thought was my original path in life. And I could, I knew I wasn't Mm going to realize this particular goal that I had, that I had made my identity because I hid behind martial arts for years and years and years. Mm -hmm. And once I found out I wasn't going to be able to, because of a physical uh, limitation, because of a birth defect I have, I found out that I wasn't going to be able to make that transition from regional fighter to professional, big time professional level fighting. That was my goal. That was everything. And I did that as a mechanism to hide my own personal insecurities because I, I just the opposite of you. I was super, super skinny growing up, super skinny, super protected, super fragile because I had to have reconstructive surgery on my sternum when I was four that wow. allowed me to even survive because I was born wow. with an inverted sternum. So my sternum was growing in while everything else was growing out and they had to go in and break it and reconstruct it and build it. And if something happened to me, they, it could be instantly, you know, it could end my life yeah. on the spot if yeah. I wasn't very, very sheltered and very babied. So I grew up with this, uh, this inferiority complex of being skinny, uh, no way around mm-hmm. that, and being super fragile and being super babied. So mm-hmm. I wanted to go in the military. That didn't work out because I couldn't pass <laughs> a physical. Uh, well, yeah. if I can't do that, I'll still do martial arts. So I wanted to be the toughest guy walking. I might be skinny, but I can still fight. And I figured if I could fight, then I, I, I've i justified my existence. I am a tough guy. I'm not the fragile little skinny dude. But then once again, the, that, that birth defect came into play. And mm-hmm. in trying to make that transition to a, a a high-level professional fighter, it became very apparent when I was dealing with one of the top coaches on the planet at the time, and he walked by and he said just seven words. He said, hey, bro, your cardio is a little suspect. And I knew that that sentence sealed my fate because my cardio was as good as it was going to get. I had coaches for for cardio. I had coaches for strength. I had coaches for everything. And I knew I was at my peak physical performance. And to have that gentleman walk by and say those words to me, it resonated that I'm not going to be able to compete with these guys ever. I've only got 60% of the normal lung capacity. So now I'm not just in North Texas or, or Texas fighting little wannabe tough guys. I'm now <laughs> fighting athletes that are also skilled. 
And no yes. matter what I can do, I can never get to their level. So I started hiding in the alcohol mm -hmm. because that started wow. taking that pain away. I didn't know what else to do. So I started partying and drinking with all my other coworkers, all my professional work friends. And yeah. that's what led me down that path. But it was the same thing. It was a coping mechanism. It was a, an mm -hmm. escapism. And I mean, I did the same thing with video games. I was a World of Warcraft, believe it or not, addict. You know, no I, okay. I have an addictive yeah. personality. Yeah. I, I, it's just how it works. So, dude, I can yeah. totally relate to your story. <laughs> Thanks for sharing that, Larry. You, you know, I, I love this level of vulnerability between you and I right now in this conversation because, you know, vulnerability was the thing that I had to learn how to do it in a way that I felt safe. Yeah. My relationship with the idea of vulnerability was not a positive one, like most of us, you know, and I'm a man who identifies as a man. So, you know, please pardon my, my, my reference to him, his, et cetera. But that's just, I'm talking from my perspective here. Um, but, you know, as a man who identifies as man, like I, there was a lot of cliches and stigmas that were reinforced in my life growing up. Like men don't cry, right? Don't share your emotions. Don't share something that's super vulnerable because, hey, someone might take advantage of you. You know, you can't trust them. And so, you know, these things kept getting repeated and the evidence was there, right? Like our brains aren't wired to be happy, but they are wired to learn. And we learn through mentorship and modeling. And so when I look at my mentorship in my life at that point, especially in my 20s, my early 30s, as well as what I was modeling, the behaviors, the habits, the lifestyles, there's no wonder I ended up where I was, you know, <laughs> like, it's like, okay, the map's right there. And I walked it pretty well, you know, and, but here's the thing. My happiness was limited. I was stifling my ability to be happy, to feel good about me being who I was. Yeah. Because I wasn't actually willing to explore what that is or ask the questions that need to be answered. Like, what kind of man do I want to be? What kind of, what kind of father do I want to be? What kind of boss do I want to be? You know, like, these are big questions. And they're not questions that we often get asked by people. You know, like, think about it. When was the last time you got asked? Now, maybe you did. Maybe you meet somebody that is more open or already on this sort of trajectory themselves. So they're aware of this and they're excited to engage in these types of conversations. But I'll tell you, my association at the time, that was not a question that was coming up. We weren't having these conversations. We were going to the bar, you know, watching UFC, drinking a bunch of beers and, you know, bitching about our lives, bitching about our wives, sure. bitching about our kids. Like, that was... Just sort of par for the course. And speaking of par, you know, we'd go golfing and we'd hang out at the 19th most of the day, you know, yeah. like it, this is what we did. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't want to do it anymore. You know, I wasn't feeling good about who I was. I didn't like who I was being. And when my wife asked me that question, you know, are you being the type of guy that you would want to marry your daughters? I was like, no, I'm not modeling the kind of son, the kind of husband, the kind of father, the kind of entrepreneur, the kind of community leader that I would want my kids to emulate. Right. So what the hell am I doing? You know, and and that's when I just made a change. I just decided I don't know how to do it. I don't know, you know, how I'm really going to navigate this, but I know why I want to do it. And that's enough to get started. And uh, as Nishi says, you know, with a strong enough why, you can endure anyhow. Yeah. And and that always was echoing in my head, you know. So that's that's put me on this trajectory. And man, and all I can say is for anybody out there, like Larry, you're already a, a student of this aspect of your life from the standpoint you recognize as soon as that you open up that door for change and you start to act accordingly, meaning that you start to walk in that direction, mm -hmm. you gotta watch out. Things happen fast. Yeah, and it's good. It's not a bad thing, right? Like right. we start to see change right away, and it can be a really good thing. You know, um, as intimidating as it is sometimes. 
Well, and I don't think people realize that. People look at the challenge mm-hmm. that lies ahead in change, and it's very intimidating. And sure they is. think it takes mm-hmm. a very long time to mm-hmm. see that change. But, I mean, just take me for an example. You know, 326 last January. Uh, here I am, 238. Uh, yeah, it's, Incredible. what, 18 months? Well, well yeah. yeah, about 18 months or so, maybe a little bit longer uh, to, to get to where I'm at today. But that's really not a very long time, in all mm-hmm. honesty, for mm-hmm. quality change to take place. Uh, yeah, true. there's ways that you could go on fad diets, and I could have dropped the weight even faster. But... But that's not necessarily the most healthy route to take either. So my message here, though, is that it doesn't take Mm. as long to start seeing instant, almost, effects of the change being put in place. Yeah. How how do you help people realize that, make Mm. that realization? How do you inspire and engage with others to help Uh, them realize that, man, making a change today, you can start seeing changes tomorrow? Good question. (laughs) And, you know, to be fair, Larry, we we sort of hinted at it already when we talked about this idea of clarity and how clarity can create confidence. Yeah. And when we're feeling confident, we can take decisive, purposeful action and repeat that because we feel that that's the right thing to be doing. And so we do it. You just take the action. But it's because you have the clarity and the confidence that it is taking you in the right direction. Because if you don't have that procrastination kicks in. It's like, ah, well, I could probably start this tomorrow, but tonight I'll Netflix and chill, you know, like, and yeah, yeah. so we, we can get in this habit of constantly putting things off. And, and most of the time it's just because we're not clear. We're not confident that that's actually what we should be doing. So we just don't, we delay it. So I find that gaining clarity is a good place to start for anybody on this process or journey, or I mean, call it whatever you will, but navigating change is, often starts with clarity you know, for us to do it well. And and there's three questions I always tell people. These are the three that you want to sit with, re- introspect around, reflect, and get clear on because it's going to help you. Because there's going to be days where you're going to wake up and be like, why am I doing this? Like, why? Is this worth it? Like, you're going to question a lot of things that you're doing because it's not normal for you yet. It's not the regular thing anymore. It's sure. still, you're doing something very different than what you're used to doing. So it's going to feel weird. And it's easy to give up on stuff if we don't feel it's working and we're not connected to it. So anyways, here's the three questions. Okay. First one, can I do it? And it being the change, you know, at 15 years old, or, or you as an example, Larry, like back last January, I'm sure you were asking, can I lose this weight? Can I get healthy? Can I regain my health? I mean, there'd be lots of different ways that you could ask the question, but ultimately it still led you to the same results, right? And, and I think it's interesting because I didn't even ask that question. Wow, and interesting. I think, I think the confidence was, it, it's, it's so weird. Did you already weird. have it? I think I already had it. Yeah, that's great. And then. I think that's I had, awesome. you know, over the years, you know, because I went into rehab in 14. And okay. I, yeah. I, I, yeah. I actually, I went in in 13, sorry. But I got out of rehab in 14 because I went in November of 13, got out January of 14. Okay. Um, but, of course, when I come out, I didn't have any confidence at all. Sure, I didn't have any confidence. Yeah. I didn't have any direction. Yeah. I didn't have anything. But over the years of, of reestablishing myself and building back, Mm. It was like I had the ability to tap into that same confidence I had in my 20s. So the confidence, it it wasn't so much of trying to, for me personally, to try to find the Mm. confidence. Mm. It was just like, I'm just going to do it. I just have to do it. So it's here. And and I didn't question whether I could. It was just finally getting that realization that, damn, I need to. This is something that has to be done. And and then you do it. And I know that doesn't work the same for everybody. You know, it's it's similar to to rehab. 
yeah, I ended up in rehab because I didn't see a way out at the time and thought, I, I, yeah. I mean, I honestly think I was going to die that day before I, the day that I went into rehab, I'm confident that <sighs> the next day wasn't coming, wasn't going to happen if I didn't go to rehab that day. Uh, I, it was a moment man. of clarity and, and all that fun stuff. But wow. when I come out of rehab after the fact, you know, I don't, and, and this is not to say that these, that meetings aren't valuable or anything like that. For me personally, my own personal story, I don't go to meetings. I never went to another mm -hmm. meeting. I don't do the AA approach and look at myself yeah. as an alcoholic. Was I? Yes. Am mm -hmm. I? No. And Good. it was the same thing. It was that clear definition of not necessarily, am I confident that I can continue to stay sober even though I don't have the support of a rehab facility and a counselor and all that? No. Because it's over. And it's kind of the same thing with the weight loss. Last January, am I, do I think I can lose this weight? Do I have, no, I don't, I don't have any of that consideration. It's just going to happen, and I just do it. Ah, so That's great. I, I, I know it's different than a lot of the, the way that a lot of people go about things. But I think well, there me, comes a time where we just have to. I think you're right, Larry, but you had already started the process. Like You'd already started working on yourself and developing that clarity and confidence. You yeah, know? So yeah, like, yeah, definitely. In a way, you were already heading that direction. And and I, I guess, you know, I should thank you for this because you're, you're actually helping me better understand the context of how to position this. And so these clarifying questions, yes, if you're someone that's just getting started, Getting clarity around one, can I do this? Because in asking yourself, can I do this? It, it actually opens up the blind spots because there's usually areas that we don't have knowledge in. We don't have any personal experience in. And chances are we may not even know anybody in our immediate life that has that information or wisdom to share with us. And so it just opens up our eyes to what do I need to learn? What kind of knowledge do I have to gain in order to be able to answer confidently, can I do this change? Because once you get to a yes on that, you start to realize that, yeah, I can do that. Like, I mean, when I'm 15 years old, I'm like, I want to get healthy. Can I get healthy at 15? Well, yeah. yeah, of course. I see other people out there that are getting healthy. I see people doing certain things that are very different than what I'm doing. I can do those too. So I, I had a yes, because then you got to go to question two. You know, and question two is, if I do this, will it work? This directly ties into the confidence piece, right? And here's the thing, like most of us, and I'm using the term most, and I'm using it kind of loosely. I don't want to say all of us, but majority of us, we've tried to change at certain times. I mean, mm -hmm. this is really popular in the health space, right? People want to lose weight. It's one of the biggest motivators. <laughs> but, but the funny thing is, is as much as we're focused on the idea of losing weight, we're so used to failing. We lose weight, we put it back on. We lose weight, we put it back on. I tried that program, it worked great. Then I stopped and then I gained all the weight back. So in our subconscious, in our psyche, we're kind of used to this constant fail. Sure. You know, and it erodes our confidence. It really does, you know. And so if I do this, will it work? It tends to also establish that you might need outside support. You may want to search or find a community of people that you can surround yourself with that are on a similar journey, want similar things. Because inevitable, you'll see people that are a few steps ahead on the journey and they've already achieved certain results that you yourself want to achieve. And, and that in itself gives us more confidence that I can do that too, you know? And the cool thing is, is like we got the internet today and you can find success stories or you listen to a great podcast like yours, Larry, where, you know, you're sharing other people's stories of overcoming challenges. And coming out on the other side changed for the better. 
And that itself inspires us, motivates us while also educating us. And the goal is to get to another yes. You know, okay, one, can I do this change? Yeah. If I do it, will it work? Well, yeah, it's worked for them. I think it can work for me. Question three, is it worth it? Is the change worth it? Or more appropriately, you know, if I'm talking to teams or organizations, companies, I can use the term it. But when I'm talking to everyday individuals and anybody that's listening to this, ask yourself, am I worth the change? Yeah. That's not an easy one to answer. Not easy at all. That's the one I struggle with the most. You know, because I'll tell you, at 15 years old, morbidly obese, depressed, dealing with social anxiety, not wanting to see anybody, let alone even my family, you know, very withdrawn. Like, did I believe I was worth it? No, I didn't. But fortunately for me, you know, if you follow up with question 3B, (laughs) it's like, okay, well, if I don't believe I'm worth it, who can I surround myself with that can support me and help me until I get to a place where I believe I'm worth it? And, And I think it's surround yourself with people that see the potential in you that you yourself can't see in yourself. And if you belong to a community like that, good things are going to happen. Just keep showing up, you know, just keep showing up. Like you're, you're tightly tied to the podcast community Larry. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure you see this firsthand, especially on your tours when you go traveling and speaking and you feel like you belong to that community. Oh yeah. It's you like know? a reunion every time. I mean, there's two That's big, huge. big conferences throughout the year. And every time you go to either one of those two conferences, yeah. it's, it's seeing old friends, it's seeing old <laughs> family. It's, it's it. just, it is community. I mean, it's just, yeah. and it's, it's amazing. Uh, and, and without that community type feel, regardless of whether it's in podcasting or whatever your niche or focus may be without that mm-hmm. sense of community, so it's hard to go about it alone. Yes. Well said. It's true. It is like to sustain it and to keep going. We are social beings at the end of the day. Like, sure, I I am. And a lot of people question this at times just because I choose to work as an extrovert. But my natural default is an introvert. I'm very happy (laughs) to be by myself, stay at home by myself, just have immediate family around. Like, I'm very happy and content that way. But years ago, I realized I wanted to make a greater impact. I wanted to help change this world of ours. So when I'm on my deathbed and I'm reflecting back, I can say, you know what? Peace out, guys. I'm leaving this place better than it was when I got here. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, yeah. I want to be able to say that confidently. And, and I realized for me to do that and to lean into that, I'm going to have to start showing up differently. I want to speak. I want to share a message. Yep. I want to tell a story. Yep. And so I got to work doing that. And it's uncomfortable. It, it drains. I did a keynote uh, this past weekend at a big conference. And uh, uh, I'll tell you, after that keynote, I needed a day and a half to recover. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, but that's okay. That's, I know my energy. I know my ebb and flow and it feels aligned, feels right. So, you know, and that's this process that we're inviting people to, you know, be more proactive with is the change in your own life. Become the champion of change rather than feeling like, oh my God, it's Raiders of the Lost Ark. Here comes that big cement ball and that's change (laughs) and I can't do anything about it. You know, I'm a victim of it. Right. And, and so it's really trying to establish this, this healthier relationship with the idea of change. And, and and you're right. You're spot on. It's so funny because my wife calls it having the curtains open or closed. Because, ah, you know, when, I, when I'm on a podcast or I'm in my podcast uh, atmosphere or if I'm speaking yeah. somewhere, the curtains are open. <laughs> but typically when I'm at home, the curtains are closed. And I'm fairly introverted as well, you know. I typically don't awesome. typically don't work in my my studio office here. I typically work right. in my other office in the other part of the house. And when I'm in there, mm-hmm. I'm pretty reserved. I'm pretty quiet. <laughs> You know, my kids are all grown, so it's pretty peaceful in the house, except when the doorbell right. rings and my little rat dog goes, <laughs> and lets everybody know that she's going to get them. She's going to get them. But other than that, it's quiet in my house. And it's 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 funny, too, because sometimes we'll get out in public, 
and maybe I'll let the curtains open a little bit more than I should. Mm -hmm. And my wife, mm -hmm. she'll just look over to me. She'll go, Larry, close the curtains. Close oh, the curtains. Wow. Hey, no need for wow. that here. Either ain't nobody watching. Close yeah. the curtains. <laughs> so it's nice. yeah, it's pretty funny. She keeps me in check that way. It's that you know, it's that check and balance. But yes. it, it, sometimes it's hard to realize that. And uh, I, I think if more people could learn how to maybe open their curtains just a little bit and engage outwardly a little bit more, they could find that support they need. They could find that community that they could be a part of. And then when they go home, simply close the curtains and go back into their 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 shells a little bit, you know, and find that peace, find that tranquility, find that calm, find that day and a half rest that you needed after yeah. your curtains were obviously wide open because I can oh, feel wow. your energy too. And I, I promise those curtains are, whew, they are <laughs> off the stage when you're up there. I guarantee it. Totally, totally. Yeah. Uh, I like how you put that. I also love the fact that you and your, your, your partner have that kind of a relationship where, you know, how long have you both been together? We've been married 21 years. Ah, congratulations. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. So it's, uh, you know, my wife and I were, we're coming up on 23 and, uh, you know, there's been some big challenges in those 23 years, but the big thing is, is we're, we're constantly making time to date each other still because yeah. we're different people now, right? We're very different than we were when we met and we're constantly going to be changing and if you're not making the concerted effort to, to constantly rediscover things about your partner well you're just missing out on a great opportunity you sure know? and uh, so i love the fact that you guys do that but you have that ability to call each other out you know? yeah 100 percent. Yeah, you know it's awesome it, we, we had the unique opportunity for 19 of those years to mm -hmm. literally work together every oh, day, wow. drive to wow. work together, do lunch together. I mean, we were on the same floor of the same building of the same Gosh. company. I could stand Incredible. up and see her. She could stand up. Well, she couldn't see me because she's awfully short. She couldn't see over the wall, <laughs> but I could stand up and see her. We'll put it that way. So that was a massive transition for us as well, because you know, you spend 19 years together, mm. almost 24 hours a day. Yeah. And then suddenly we're ripped apart. Because Sheesh. I chose to move on to a different career path. She's still at the same company. She's still there. Matter of fact, her career's taken off since I left. It was probably a good thing. But, wow. Wow. but that transition yeah. was tough. And then when I started traveling late last year and all through this year, you know, now there's, I'm probably gone about a week out of the month, sometimes two weeks out of the month, traveling and, and all that fun stuff. So we went from constantly together to yeah. almost rarely together. And wow. that has been an extreme change and an extreme challenge in finding that balance. And yeah. I mean, we're, we're still working through it, honestly. You know, uh, we, we still have some struggles with it because when I'm gone for a week, she gets comfortable and she sure. gets her own little patterns that she develops in the house. And, you know, yeah. we, we still live in a starter home, little three bedroom, two bath. I think it's 2000 square foot. So, mm -hmm. you know, we all we it's a small space, relatively small space. And she starts to take it over. And then suddenly <laughs> I come in and she's like, what are you doing? Why are you here? Why do I? Ah, ah, no, I put that there for a reason. No, it's clean. No, don't do that. You know, so um, it, it's been interesting over the past 18 months or so with all this change. Uh, so, but we continue to evolve and continue to, to, yes. to, to grow together. So, and I think that's the important thing to note. You're, you're both actively involved in living your best lives and that's going to involve change. Yeah. Like, if you're out there living a life, there's change happening all the time. And, you know, I don't take my word for it. Go look up a guy named Buddha. I mean, the guy 2,500 years ago said, hey, there's nothing that we know for certain except for one thing. And that's that nothing stays the same. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, I'm like, hey, I, I'm not a religious man. You know, like I, I, I believe in a higher power. I'm, I'm not going to use this platform to, to sure. get into that. But, but 
you know, we all have these different beliefs, but I think that is one thing that science has actually been able to prove is that, you know, Buddha said that 2,500 years ago and science has now said it's true. <laughs> Everything's in constant flux. Everything's changing. Yeah. Law of entropy, you know, like energy just changes and that's what it is. That's what we live within. So when you accept that as a truth, like a real truth, you start to look at your own life a little bit differently too. You know, like, and appreciating this idea of time or a concept of time and, and how does it play into our own lives? And it's very empowering, but also at times intimidating, right? Yeah. Like, but, but man, you can have a lot of fun and just live your best life and, and embrace the change when it happens. Cause it's going to happen whether you like it or not, but deal with that resiliency, right? Work on that. Just take the time for yourself because man, you're worth it. And everybody benefits from it, you know? So it's, uh, Anyways, I, I get excited when I talk about this stuff. I can tell. As you can no, probably that's great. Tell. I, I love um, it. Because I know it's possible. Sure. I know it's possible for people. You know, even if they just do one little thing every day for themselves, that one thing that nobody can take away from you, that develops and reminds you of how much you actually do care about yourself in your own life. Because it's okay. It's not an egotistical thing to do. It's actually the smart thing to do. Yeah. Because no one's going to do that for you. You know, now, mind you, though, if, if there's a, someone out there that's hiring and you will pay me to look after myself every day... I'm in. I'll be your person. <laughs> I will work for you. you Sign know, I me can up. Do that. Yeah. I haven't found one yet, though. Yeah, for <laughs> some know? reason. So for I went and reason. created my own. You know, I created my own. That's just all I did. So um, anyways, that's uh, sort of what I had on that. But uh, Larry, I appreciate you opening up about that. I know it's not always the easiest of things to talk about, but man, I, I just absolutely love it. Yeah, I've just found level that, of vulnerability is awesome, man. Yeah, awesome. I've just found that that's the way to go, man. People resonate yeah. with it. You know, people yeah. appreciate it. And I think it helps. I think it helps for people to be able to hear somebody else that that exposes themselves in that way. Because then it, yeah. it gives them the authority to do the exact same thing. And a lot of times in order for us to heal, we need to be able to expose our vulnerabilities. We need to be able to put ourselves out there in a way that feels dangerous at times. And right. I think if we can lead the way by doing that exact same thing, it can help others find what they need to do it as well. So. Absolutely. Oh man, this is, uh, I've really enjoyed this, this conversation, Larry. This has been amazing. And, Thank you uh, so much, Di. Yeah, this is, well, I hope everyone takes one thing away from what we talked about today, because that's all it takes, you know, just one little thing. And, yeah. and that one little thing, that little deposit, and you make it daily, I mean, it compounds. Like uh, Einstein, he said, there's, there's two incredibly powerful forces in the universe. One is love. The other one's compound interest, you know, so <laughs> use compounding to your advantage, you know, just those little daily deposits will pay off huge when it comes to that vitality component that we talked about with longevity. So, um, but with that, I mean, just have a lot of fun because gosh, there's this enough negative in the world, just contribute some positive. We're doing our part to, to, to offset that scale, if you know what I mean. And, 100%. Uh, yeah, this has been awesome, man. Thank you. Thank you so much. Where can people reach out and make contact with you, Di? Well, I'm pretty active on social, at least three of my channels, uh, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Uh, okay. I'm most active on those three. So I always tell people, if you find me, pretty easy if you know how to spell my name, D-A-I, once you start to spell that, and Manuel is self-explanatory. Um, once you find me, just reach out. Let's have a conversation. I love just talking to people, hearing about what they're working on, what changes they're navigating, what's got them excited. I just love that. You know? And that's the nice thing about social. It connects all of us if we wanted to. Um, and then my website, diamondwell.com. I've, I've now been blogging since 2007. Wow. Yeah, the 1700 pieces of content now on my website. And it's all just geared to helping people get out of their own way and, and create more fulfillment, joy, happiness for themselves, you know, through different means. So I always welcome people to go down the rabbit hole and it is a rabbit hole. And it's pretty deep. Yeah. A lot of I was on there. Turns. I was going down that rabbit yeah. hole yesterday. So. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I apologize. I got a new site going live in November. So depending when this airs, uh, uh, once the new site's up, it has a much better uh, search function <laughs> and, and much better, better organized. So uh, for those that go to it before then, hey, well, you, you were definitely motivated to go in the rabbit hole. But uh, <laughs> in the future, the rabbit hole is a bit more organized. Let's just say that. OK, but uh, either way, it's um, thank you for that opportunity. And Larry, thank you for putting this out to the world. Cool deal, man. You know, I know this is what you love to do. I can tell this is not just passion or purpose, but it's also the fact that you've aligned those two beautiful things with a process. Yeah. And you share that process openly with the world. I just I, I, I just commend you for it and thank you. And uh, I, I felt great and honored to be here today. Thank you. Awesome. I'm so glad we were able to make it happen. We had some struggles at first with the tech, but yeah. <laughs> things lined up for us just perfectly. So, man, <laughs> I appreciate I appreciate your persistence and sticking with it and your resilience and you. sticking with getting this episode recorded. So thank you so Thanks, much. Larry. Thank you. Hey, everybody, this has been another awesome episode of You're the Boss. And once again, remember that you are the boss, not just of your financial future or your business future, but your personal, your physical, your health, all of that is part of your future. So take control, consider the three questions that Di presented to us today and ask them yourself and, and take a look inside and see what you need to do. So if I can never be of service to you, please do not hesitate to reach out. Uh, and in the meantime, if you got some value out of this episode, do me a favor, go ahead, hit that subscribe button so I can continue to bring you this amazing content each and every week. And until then, remember, you're the boss. You've just listened to You're the Boss with Larry Roberts. Join us for our next episode where we help you achieve your goals and live your absolute best life. Be sure to subscribe, connect, and share. Until next time, remember, you're the boss. <laughs>